We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... And welcome to Studio 222 at the ABC and Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and please welcome this week's gang. It's Chris Ryan, Tommy Dean and Tahir and with the music from the TGF Music Files. It's opera singer turned pop superstar. It's Kate miller Heike when she had her TGF triumph visiting us in the studio just before she went on to Eurovision with this song. More from her a little later, but yeah, let's welcome Chris Ryan. She is there with us in Canberra. Hi, Chris. Hi, Richard. How wonderful to be on this program. Well, locked down, but still alive and with us. Tommy Dean is with us. Hi, Tommy. Hello, lockdown and curfewed and also thrilled to be here. That's right. In his hot spot, Sydney LGA, Tommy Dean is now not allowed. Out after nine at night, which is about half an hour before his bedtime. So really... It's really working out nicely. <laughs> Tahir is with us from another part of Sydney. I don't think he's locked down, actually, but he's still going to wear a mask outside when uh, any exercise is occurring. Is that right, Tahir? Hello, Richard. I don't think so. Not on the northern beaches. I think I'm, I'm pretty safe here. No. I'm just, I'm no. just enjoying life. No. You've got to wear a mask when outside unless exercising vigorously, which I know, I know you do mostly. Well, I'm, just, I'm not going to leave outside. I'm not going anywhere then. I'm going to stay put. <laughs> exactly. Now, let's check you all up with this week's news. Who is bordering on the militaristic when it comes to the border? Chris Ryan. Oh, well... Yeah, Gladys, um, not Gladys, sorry. The, the Anasta- Anastasia. Anastasia, yes. Look, Afghanistan's loss is, is Queensland's gain by the looks. They're getting 100 troops to help defend the Queensland border from New South Wales travellers. Is this what we're going to talk about? Yeah, that's right. They're, they're, going, to, they're going to enforce the border. They've asked for 100 ADF and they're going to get them. They're going to, I don't know, the Marginot line or what they're going to do there. Yeah. Trenches. And, um, like, I, I, I don't know, I flicked through the media about all this and there was quite a few cranky uh, border residents sort of taking footage of the empty streets at Coolangatta and Tweed sort of saying, why do we need this, yeah. you know? Um, of course, I come from Canberra and we never have trouble with our border because no one wants to come here. In fact, <laughs> they need to keep us in because uh, <laughs> as soon as the ACT was declared, you know, we're going into lockdown... A lot of treacherous Canberrans went down the south coast, and of course that really annoyed yeah, our yeah. New, the New South Wales Premier. But so yeah, border uh, Australia has become quite militaristic on its borders internally. So that's the breaking news: is, is Commandant Barr of the ACT has asked for 180F forces to keep Canberra <laughs> people in. Uh, Tommy Dean, what do you think of the fact that we're arming the borders? Look, you know I. I like to think that after so many years here, you have a general sense of the place, but I always imagined that Queensland was a lot bigger than apparently it is. I would have thought you would need a few more than a (laughs) hundred to block off the borders. 
into Queensland. But it's nice to know that as a niche state, it's possible that with a rotating roster of young men paying attention, just a wave of the rolled hat and you'll turn around and go back. I didn't realize my <laughs> mistake. Yeah, but you know, you say only 100 men, but you, they're, they're, maybe they're going to build, build concrete fortifications. You don't know. Look, I don't. I think it's a waste of forces, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, people respond to that which they don't know. I think what they should have announced is that they hired ten members of the Australian Defence Force, and nine of them were snipers. <laughs> <laughs> just put that out there, and you wouldn't even actually need real snipers. Just get a couple of kids with laser pointers up yeah, in the trees. Yeah. Put some red dots on the faces of drivers coming north, and you see how quickly they hit U-turn. Can't they just print print some fake shake attack, shark attack stories from the Gold Coast? That'd put us off, wouldn't it? Oh, put actual sharks. That now you're talking. <laughs> or just put say actual sharks on the border. Yeah, or just that it's schoolies week all year round now. So. We, that would be enough to turn me off anyway. Yeah, but that's the trouble is that's all New South Wales students are the frightening things. That's the trouble. That's right. Yeah. Oh. Hey, Tahir, what do you think of this uh, sort of military turn of events at the moment? I agree and disagree with Tommy there. I don't think you need 100 ADF troops to guard the border. Just station 50 Queenslanders, male or female, it does not matter. Supply them with generous amounts of Forex beer and just say to them, be yourselves. Be your Queensland selves. <laughs> Nobody will come anywhere near the border, right? But we should actually build the wall, get the Mexicans to pay for it, since they love sponsoring walls. And what the Queenslanders do not know, it's actually to keep them out of New South Wales, um, <laughs> not the other way around. But just on a side note there, Richard, and I'd like to uh, bring this up, I actually feel sorry for those Australian Defence Force troops. These guys sign up for action and adventure. How do you think the conversation would be as they guard a fake imaginary border to stop people, fellow Australians, from entering? And you go, oh, my God, this is not what the brochure said. I, I, in fact, that seems to be the answer for everything in this country. Have you noticed? We need people to stay at home. Bring in the ADF. There's a flood. Bring in the ADF. I propose that this should be the answer to everything, every problem from now on. Are you having relationship issues? Bring in the ADF. I'm having trouble falling pregnant. Bring in the ADF. <laughs> It does need a new advertising slogan, doesn't it? Join the army, see, see, join the army and see Punchbowl. <laughs> Bring in the ADF. <laughs> I People do. just say that for everything these days. Whatever it is, it's like these these guys have got nothing better to do, just hanging around, waiting for, you know, waiting to help out. I mean, I know they're to help, but it just seems to be the answer in this country for everything. Yeah, Bring I in do, the ADF, I, I, just like I, I, I do like your idea, though, of sort of some half-drunk Queenslanders dressed in shorts, uh, lasciviously on the other side of the border. You know, a bloke called Gary in his in his stubbies <laughs> with with yeah, half half drenched in shard. They saying, "Come on, love, come over the border and see me." I mean, it would it would put you off, wouldn't it? If you just well, have a, like a, a barley bing, bintang singlet <laughs> to go with it, perfect. Perfect. That'll put us. Who needs the ADF? Uh, Tahir, Chris Ryan, Tommy Dean are here for Thank God It's Friday. Who is promising a celebratory barbecue if we all get vaccinated? Tommy Dean. Oh, you know, it's, uh, it just continues to be people being needy is my concern about the world at the moment. And, and what, we're, what we're asking here is that we want the great head of New South Wales, Premier... Berejiklian. Berejiklian. Every time I see it, I just, I just freak out. Is that a real word? 
<laughs> it doesn't look like a real word. Uh, but well, it's people, easier to say than Palaszczuk. It really is. I think. I think that it's a. I think it's a move uh, of state governments around this country to make their heads of state impossible to pronounce, so that we can't really argue with them. Yeah. Well, ACT's <laughs> got a low bar on that account. I know. That's what I mean. They're making a terrible mistake down there. <laughs> But anyway, this is talking yeah. about uh, the vaccinations. If we can get proper vaccination into the citizenry of this great country, uh, those vaccinated people can move with some less restriction around. And the first thing that all vaccinated people want to do, apparently, is get their hair cut. Yeah. This has been the one. There's been sort of hints about if you all get vaccinated, you'll be allowed something. Who knows when? But maybe you know, maybe in October, you'll be allowed some little pleasure in life. And the one that's always cited is going to the hairdresser, as if that's the most important thing in the world. And it makes me nervous and sad for all the people that are administering these millions of doses of vaccination. Do they have to deal with such poorly dressed hair? <laughs> Everyone they look at just must look like they rolled out of bed. Their perm's not right. Dye jobs aren't complete. The ah. mismatching hair stute nature of this country is being threatened. I see your theory. So if you offer this as the carrot, then the very people who will take up vaccinations are the ones in most desperate need. And more, and more importantly, with so much argument about what sort of paperwork we would need, what would be a vaccination passport, and now we know what it would be. <laughs> A clean cut hairline. Yeah, yeah. A really good a really good do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh she, that guy looks she, sharp. He's definitely yeah. vaccinated. She's definitely vaccinated. Look at the quality of that do. Look yeah. at that. One color solid all the way through, no root job problem. She can come in. Who needs the paperwork? Chris Ryan, it does seem weird. You know, there's a lot of things in life, the ability to work, the ability to see your grandchildren, to see your grandparents, all of those things. But no, it's the it's the hairdo. Do you agree with the, the priorities here? Well, look, for me, it's more really about the hair wash. You know, I mean, look, I've always been a specialist in hair. I mean, I think everyone has their own special thing. Like some people are top specialists. Someone, you know, might like to wear a nice jacket all the time. I do like to have a good hairstyle, and my best friend is also my stylist. So, like, I have a vested interest in access to good hair. Um, You you, you describe describe it for people who haven't seen you, Chris. It It is kind of, you know, it's a statement. I have the beginnings currently of what is called the wolf cut. Richard, it is. Um, I don't understand what that means. Uh, if you Google a wolf, you might have some idea of how I'm looking. Um, it's a statement. But, that, it's a statement that can be taken down and used against you. <laughs> it's somewhat of a like. I'm thinking Susie Quattro, a little bit shaggy '70s mullet is what's going on with me at the moment. So Susie um, Quattro, if she'd let herself go. <laughs> I don't know. It's cutting-edge fashion, mate. It's I'm, it's not up to me. My hair's not up to me. But honestly, um, I care more about getting that nice head massage uh, than any other part of the haircut um, and, and losing access to that. Look, I'd have seven vaccinations. If you could just, just do that. You could just do that. It is, the, the other thing that's sometimes mentioned is the, uh, is the leg wax and the toenails. Are they as important? Oh, mate, are you, um, <laughs> you're asking to re- me to reveal my own, like, personal beauty secrets and standards <laughs> in a pandemic on national yeah, yeah, radio. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I don't, I I don't want to brag, I, 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 but uh, I'm waxing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think I will emerge from lockdown a very different person. Let's mm. just leave it that way. <laughs> 
Who, who needs professional help when there's a product, an Australian product like Nair? Well, yeah, Self-applied. or just embrace the change. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Go, go furry, I say. Tahir, do you think it's strange that the thing that's being offered as the great inducement is a, a trip to the hairdresser? Well, you're asking the wrong person. Uh, I, I do think it's very, very strange and weird. And the whole thing, Richard, who is vaccinated? Who is not? Who is that one shot? Who is double waxed? Now, Richard, uh, double, <laughs> double. Uh, <laughs> I'm double waxed right now. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy just put me off with his waxing. I have that image in my head. Uh, many people are going to go to bed tonight trying to shake their head. Three of it. <laughs> that's what they can. That's a great slogan. Vax and a wax. <laughs> That would be a way. Send in the ADF. Yeah, that would be a way to approach uh, to attract people to the hub, wouldn't it? Offer both. (laughs) I love it. That's the whole point of it. Like we need to come up with these sort of uh, inventive things. Now, Richard, you know that on this program, I've come up with numerous ideas and suggestions. Maybe not all winners to solve our problems in this country. I want to expand on the best idea I heard to get a whole nation to be vaccinated in every suburb. A Mr. Whippy van comes around and administers the jabs, right? Mm-hmm. Who can resist? The music is played, whole family comes out, you get a jab, you get a soft serve ice cream, and we know who are getting their second shots because they get a double cone. Yeah, very, yeah. very easy. Yeah, and they've already, they've already got the freezer capacity for the Pfizer. Yeah, exactly. Or if we, like, you know, the Premier concert on haircuts is taking the wrong path, and this is not tough enough. It's time to Australia get tough. My suggestion again, and hear me out, we move the whole nation, everybody, to the Northern Territory. If you get one jab, you then move to Victoria. <laughs> if you get two jabs, you then collect $200 and move to New South Wales. I know it sounded like a board game, but it doesn't matter. Like, there's logistics involved, and those who refuse to get vaccinated move to South Australia, and we abandon them. Let the virus run through, cut them off. Who gets to live with Chris in Canberra? I was wondering that. Well, the ADF. Canberra's, Canberra's part of New South Wales. Like, you know, I was wondering about Canberra, Chris. I don't know how they had no cases for ages. Like, how did yeah. Cambridge avoid any cases at all? I, uh, it's, it's, I've got no idea. It's such a, a, a country town, mate. Um, as soon as we got a case, everyone was texting everyone with theories about what happened or what they'd heard through the rumour mill. It was honestly like, you know, down the main street of Dubbo. Canberra is exactly like a small town in regional New South Wales. <laughs> but with lots of cases now. Uh, Tony Dean, Chris Reiner and Tahir. So, so more ideas, Tahir, please? More ideas on the vaccine? Yeah. Well, look, I, I, as I said, like, I think, um, you know, the, 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 the haircut thing is a, is a wrong angle to take. Uh, I, I don't think it's um, incentive enough. Um, I, I like Tommy's idea of, of combining two things together. Um, throw more throw more incentives. I, I like the wax and the vax. That's brilliant. I love that. Like, you know, in fact, we should be, um, you know, the local IGA should be advertising, visit your IGA in your LGA. There's <laughs> lots of rhymes and... <laughs> yeah. These are for free, by the way, for IGA for listening. Free advertisement, you know? They're free. So here's we're here, Chris Ryan and Tommy Dean. Uh, from this week's news, who wants to launch a campaign that is all icing and no cake. What's this about? I have to ask a person who might know because of his previous profession, Tahir. Yes, this is um, this is a phrase used by the Teachers Federation to describe a proposal by the state government for a military-style advertising campaign to solve the shortage of teachers. There are so many ex-teachers, me included, it's not funny. Now, why do they leave in big numbers? 
often ask I often get asked this question, would you ever go back to teaching? My answer always is I would love to, but I can't afford the pay cut. <laughs> From comedy. There lies <laughs> comedy, which is a, yeah, which is which is ironic. Um, there lies a problem right there. I think we have our priorities wrong. Um, you know, look, we underpay teachers and nurses that whinge about the standard. Yet, if you can run faster or swim faster or jump higher than anyone, then many riches await you in the world. Right? Teachers, as many parents are discovering, is one of the toughest jobs. Now, I can see a TV show like SAS Australia where the participants are put through torture tests, sleep deprivation, submerged in freezing water, and most of them get through. Then for the final test, homeschool a child for 10 weeks. <laughs> Nobody makes it saying it's just too tough, too tough. Send, send, me, back like, to, send me back to Perth in the SAS, please. I mean, what about this idea of a military-style advertising campaign? We all know those ads that they have for the ADF and they have, you know, some young woman or, or young man and they're, they're, they're piloting some, you know, incredibly complex computer equipment through the skies of Afghanistan. Would that be the way to attract teachers? Well, look, I think every teacher needs more than the subject they're trained in. I think it is it's true. Um, you, need, you need to be a psychologist most of the time. Listen to strange conversations. Can I give you a quick example, like just, just before the others just got in there? I was a casual teacher at my last school, James Busby High School, out in Sydney's western suburbs. And this is a conversation I heard one time in the playground. You ready, Richard? You, you know, yeah, yeah. Bilal and Ziad were having a fight in the playground. I stopped them, bring him in, and ask him what's going on. Here is the exchange. You ready for this exchange? Which yeah. shocked me. Ziad says, sir, Bilal has my $10. Yeah. I turn to Bilal and say, is this true? Bilal says, it is true, sir. And I say, why don't you give it back? And his reply, then it won't be true. (laughs) (laughs) He's He's a philosopher king. I let these two kids go because I didn't know what to say. <laughs> Chris Ryan, should we be uh, trying to attract teachers and, and solve the teachers' shortage by, by uh, having a, a, an ADF-style advertising campaign? I don't know that it would attract me to the profession. Um, not that they're aiming at me. I, I think they're smarter than that. But I, I think the problem is everyone knows teachers have to deal with 78 things on top of teaching. Um, so why not just alleviate some of the additional burdens they have to manage? Like they need to be psychologists, they need to be counsellors, you know, they need to sort of be like get rid of the chaplains and just put a whole bunch of psychologists in so that they can field all that work and the teachers can actually get back to teaching. It seems too hard a profession and you have to pay them more. I mean, that's just facts. They, you, they need to be able to afford a good haircut, Chris. That's the thing. Tommy <laughs> Dean, how are we going to tra- solve the teacher shortage? I think it's not. I think they're on the right track. I don't. I don't have a long history of knowing commercials for the Australian military. There was a very famous tagline in American military ads that uh, we do more before nine a.m. than most people do all day. <laughs> that put me off. Yeah, no. That's, I think that was exactly why I never joined the military. <laughs> that, that is not why I'm getting up. But like, you know, you could use that sort of same idea. Look, you'll be done by three. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be going home before most people even get to their afternoon tea break. Just, just, just try just that. Push the perks. You know, yeah. you get a lot of time off. Sure, there's some tough times, but who doesn't have tough times in this world? I think teachers. I think teachers disagree with the notion that it's all uh, you know uh, uh, gin and tonics after three. 
I, I agree. And I think maybe that's part of that. We need to put that in. You know, we're going to put gin and tonics in the teacher's room. <laughs> I think they should be allowed to abuse the parents that are dickheads. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. That um, would be attractive, actually. Maybe they should give them, a, draw me. Give them yeah. an, an ADF-style machine gun and say you can use it on the annoying parents. <laughs> or you can just swear at them three times before you, you lose your job, you know, not just the one strike you're out. Exactly. At least three strikes against the annoying entitled parents of the world. That's the answer to the teacher's shortage. According to Tommy Dean, Chris Ryan and Tahir for Thank God It's Friday. Lots more coming up, of course. Thank God It's Friday with Richard Glover. Consider this, under the ever-tightening rules, and, and I say this, uh, I should say, you know, thank uh, the, uh, the wheel of death is coming up in a second, so t- Tommy, do not, you know, untense because your challenge is coming up in a second. But first, the ever-tightening rules, you have to stay in your own neighbourhood, taking what pleasures you can from the things that are close to your house. Thinking about the neighbourhood in which you grew up, what are the diverting entertainments that were on offer very close to home within the designated five kilometres to here? I, I grew up in Roselands, very close to Roselands Shopping Centre, which was the hub. It was so exciting. Thursday night... Late night shopping was the highlight of the week when Thursday night shopping was relevant. Now, we always played in a park right on King George's Road. That's right. Kids running around, kicking balls, chasing each other next to one of the busiest six-lane highways in Sydney with semi-trailers hurtling down. Now, we invented many games. We'd play footy and dig up soil and mark the field out. It was great. Uh, we would get the lawnmower out, of course, the old lawnmower and, and, and mow a cricket pitch. But we we did more than that. That's what kids have to get creative. You've got to get creative in your own suburb. We we used to um, mow a tennis court really, really low. For the net, we got two sticks, attached a string from one stick to the other, and then hung newspapers down on the string. How creative was that, right? Fantastic. Roselands Bowling Club was always a great playground for us. We were just, as kids, just amazed at these beautifully manicured lawns where old people gathered and rolled these really heavy balls <laughs> only to walk to them and roll them back the other way. We couldn't figure out the game. <laughs> I get, I've got this little picture of you at nine years old looking at this and thinking, what? <laughs> we couldn't. It's true. We could not figure out the game. There was a score. How would you even score? Anyway, uh, but my main thing is, like, you know, Create the entertainment yourself in the suburb. Find the little things. Like, there's lots of little things people don't even know about their own suburbs that, which they live in. Exactly right. Five kilometres, but, uh, oh, boy, what is within? What was it within for you, Tommy Dean? Well, I grew up on my grandmother's farm. Uh, five kilometres in any direction would take us to the three neighbours. Hmm. Uh, so we had limited social contact, <laughs> given the distance. <laughs> uh, but a farm, you know, a farm is endless fun. Uh, we had a cornfield, and I don't know if you've watched any movies, but cornfields are in no way scary at all. So we would uh, quite often, you know, run through the corn rows, and, you know, you could play hide-and-seek in the mm-hmm. cornfield for, you know, weeks. It would take the, the neighbors weeks to get together and get you out of there if you were good at it. Don't they, according, oh, you say movies, don't, don't they, they always have fugitives in them? Oh, they're, they're terrible. They're the most frightening things. <laughs> There's a commercial on Australian TV where the the insurance people are starting to step out of the cornfield, and you're like, "Oh man, that's my childhood." <laughs> uh, we did that. We had barns. You know, the old barns on the farm were great fun. You know, we used to, you know, be you could build forts in the hay bales. Uh, we used to climb up to the second story and dive down to the 
the hay pool at the bottom that we'd created. Uh, we did science experiments. Like, uh, you know, there was a, a rumor at the time that chickens couldn't fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you threw them out of the second story of a barn, you know, you could see them just trying to learn mm-hmm. really quickly. But they didn't uh, get hurt, Tommy. No, because they can, they, they can, they know enough about flying to float gently back down. I, I think the chickens had a lot of fun. Uh, that's what I think. That's the feeling that I had. Uh, you could tell because there was always an egg when you went down to see where they landed. <laughs> so they were, it was a gift. They were like, thank you for the gift of flight. Here, enjoy some breakfast. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, we had, you know, my grandfather had an old workshop. He used to, you know, had all sorts of mysterious tools and bottles of, of strange lubricants and odd nuts and bolts that he used to use to, you know, grease the farm machinery. And so we used to, you know, sharpen things and then, and then play sword fights. And <laughs> it was a dangerous time. But what fun we had. We learned a lot about first aid. So much about first aid. So you made uh, you may basically create a situation where COVID was the least of your worries. Oh, least of the worries. That's what I, you know. It's helicopter parents. If all you're worried about is vaccinations and viruses, go back to the '70s when you know we had sharp implements for fun. We had a red wagon that we used to ride down a hill on the street into a trash pit. Yeah. Yeah. That occasionally became the flame pit yeah, but, on burning month. But uh, he is thinking, yeah, 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 sure, but try that on the M5. Is oh, that yeah. Well, Six-lane highway. <laughs> try it on King George's Road, mate. But see, that's the thing. I, I would argue that ours is more dangerous because you can judge the traffic patterns on King George's Road. You never knew when somebody was going to come over the top of George <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> That's right, because there was only one car a day. And only you might, one car yeah. a day. You just never knew when Pastor Jones was going to go down to the church. <laughs> uh, Chris Ryan, uh, thinking about where you grew up, uh, what delights could you find within five kilometres? Oh, mate, I, um, I grew up in Hyderabad in South India, believe it or not, in the 70s. And uh, within a five-kilometre radius, there were about 3,000 cobras um, there was there were monkeys. I got bitten by a monkey um, at the chicken shop once, and I had to be monitored for having uh, rabies. Um, so what? So what was the monkey doing in the chicken shop? Was it a customer well, it, or what? It, it, it was. I, I mean, it was lining up. Um, <laughs> so I guess uh, it was. It was. Uh, it was on a chain for some reason. The seventies in India was not a an animal welfare, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Olympics, um, but. Yeah, it bit me. And so, look, it was a wild country I grew up in. Boulders everywhere, rocks to climb. You could make believe you were, you know, in all sorts of scenarios. Mates that lived all up and down my road. So there was like a posse of 10 kids that would just roam these huge granite boulders um, infested with cobras. It was the best fun, that and tree houses. You know, I listen to all of us oldies talking about, oh, the good old days, you know, we used to have real risk and it was real you know, real play and you have to make your own fun. You know, all of our kids are online, you know, and they would just, and even in, in lockdown, they're online. I mean, back then for me, we didn't even have television. The first thing I ever watched on television uh, in India in about 1980 was an appendix operation, you know. <laughs> there was no ABC Kids, you know. <laughs> and, and why were, you, were you, your folks were sent to India? Yeah, my dad was an agricultural economist. Mm-hmm. And he worked at a crops research institute, making uh, sort of making sure that there was sort of better um, farm 
practices and more more chance of growing enough food to feed the nation. So, um, yeah, I got to be there for nine years as a kid. It was the best. Yeah, and better, best of all, we found out there were some chickens who are luckier, le- less lucky, even less lucky than those in Tommy's barn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, what's that sound, Tommy? I don't, I don't know. I was wondering myself what it is. I don't know. I think it's the monkey calling. He wants to write a reply. (laughs) You cut in line. And I recall you cut in line. (laughs) We're not going with sound effects now, are we on Thank God It's Friday? Let's play The Wheel of Death. Our lovely listeners have thrown in some random topics for The Wheel of Death. They include goat exercise, lockdown, peanuts, magic carpets, rats, Tupperware, wet paint, brain freeze, Bluetooth, Bungee jumping, fairies, hay fever, and cat's whiskers, which fill you full of fear. Tommy Dean. Uh, well, lockdown uh, feels like it would be a little bit yeah, uh, too oh, on yeah, the nose, but I, I'm really hoping for Tupperware because what a fresh topic that'll be. Well, let's agree if it's lockdown, we won't do it. We'll choose okay. another one. Here we go. No round, round, round it goes. Where it stops. No one knows. Today's topic for the Wheel of Death is Goat. Goat. Is, it, is it spelled goat like the animal, or are they talking about greatest of all time? I think as goat well, has become the new uh, word for greatest of all time. I, 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 in a I, can't, of I, I, I have no insight into the listener's brain. I, 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 it's just G O A T. There's no dots between it, so maybe it is a goat. Maybe it is a goat. Um, uh, the grandest, the grandest of the farm animals. <laughs> really? Is it? <laughs> I know we never had goats. I was, uh, I never had goats. Uh, I remember the first time I had a goat curry, uh, it took a while to work out because it comes in shapes you don't associate with animals you've ever eaten before. It's, when you grow up with a regular diet of beef and chicken and pork, goat will throw you. Not quite as much as turtle. I remember the first time we had fried turtle on the farm. Uh, that, was, uh, that was challenging from a geometric point of view. It just didn't make sense. Uh, goats, of course, uh, tasty. Not only tasty. Uh, <laughs> I apologize to the vegetarian listeners. Uh, we will also. Oh, no, you have to apologize over goats because they're bastards. Total bastards. Total <laughs> bastards. The, only, the only way to address a goat is with a, uh, a, a, a a shovel, a Greek cookbook, and a roll of alfoil. It makes sense. And a lot of oregano. Oh, they love that stuff. Feed it to them. Oregano-fed goat, then straight on the spit. Mm. Be so good. Uh, they, uh, there they are, bastards. We had a friend of ours had a hobby farm, mm. uh, down narrow way that we used to visit and they had goats. Uh, they were Greeks. Uh, now it makes sense. Now that I think about it, <laughs> there was a reason they had goats. Uh, and that also explains the killing room. Uh, now that I think about it. And it uh, may explain why they didn't have an orchard because the goats are bastards and they'll get bastards. over any fence and eat all your, uh, eat all your saplings. Bastards. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the, and the noise they make is just evil. There's a reason that Satan is associated <laughs> with the goat. Uh, they, are, they are evil incarnate. Well, with the curled horns and the cloven hooves, uh, the ability to eat anything, the hatred of all mankind, uh, it is literally hell on earth, a goat farm. Uh, in fact, I'm disappointed now that we use goat as greatest of all time. It makes no sense. Huh. Makes no sense. Though. Gruesome of all time. Most gruesome of all time. They are. They, I can't. I, I can't think of a single thing that a goat has done that is worthy. Like if the movie Bambi. If you're familiar with Bambi, the tender, touching tale of a doe that loses her mother to a hunter. If that happened to a goat, we'd have cheered. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
It would have been happy days and Disney would have never been formed. When, uh, when I was uh, building my mud brick house in the bush, uh, we, uh, we used to camp out. So we had a little shed and inside the shed we had, uh, you know, mattresses in, in plastic bags so they didn't get wet or, or, or mouldy. And, and, you know, it was a sealed, reasonably well sealed up shed. And the goats would come in and they would knock down the, the, the one wall of the little shed and they would take out the mattresses in the plastic bags and then they would somehow remove the plastic bags, poo on the mattress and then leave. And they knew what they were doing. I, mean, I don't, want, I don't want you to think that that was just some weird thing that the goats were doing at some biological level. They were fully <laughs> cognizant. They had studied. They knew the materials they were working with. One of them probably had a corkscrew horn that he had developed evolutionary on purpose uh, just to split this plastic seam yeah. to get access Tommy. to the defecation yeah, can, can I just take down. Can I just come to you guys? If anybody has a positive goat story, can they please text through while Richard and Tommy just tear up the notion of goats? <laughs> we want some. We want some goat positivity, please. Uh, well, I mean, four six seven nine double two seven zero two. The the goat positive, Chris Ryan, please. Oh, look! Have you not watched baby goat videos? They are the best thing ever invented, and also. Goats stand on the side of cliffs like where no one else can stand. I think that alone, you know, is worthy of praise. You know what they're doing, though? That's the problem I have is that it looks impressive. But what they're really saying is they're just shoving it in your face. <laughs> it's just another narcissistic way that they get up the nose of humans by, you know, defying basic laws of gravity and physics <laughs> with their hellborn powers. Now, uh, Tahir, you can come in as support of the as as a, as a as as someone of Turkish heritage. You're pretty interested interested in the goat, aren't you? Well, look, you know, I mean, the, the, the goat has. I'm sure there's some positive elements to a goat. I'm sure there is. There has to be. I mean, I can't think of any right now at this moment. <laughs> Besides the goatee, but uh, you know it's been very, very harsh. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's been there's been there's just been. Sorry, I just I'm sure there's, there's been some kids probably there just listening away with pet goats. Mm. I'm, I th- I'm sure they make good pets. Um, they would not make a good pet. They would not make it. They would destroy everything. They destroy everything. Well, My friend was in. Oh, sorry. Well, you need the space. You're not not indoor. They're not an indoor pet, obviously. You know, you need the space outdoors for them. Um, I, I don't know. I think. And, and how much? How much is a goat worth these days? Uh, What's the going rate? Depends on how much the alfoil costs. <laughs> <laughs> how much you've already spent on the Greek cookbook? <laughs> evil. They are evil. My yeah, friend yeah. was in four H club. I'm going to have a kebab tonight. <laughs> but my friend was in the 4-H club it was like the agricultural club in high school and one of their jobs was to raise a goat and uh, and he had to go to the hospital three times uh, because of things that went wrong <laughs> so. well uh, you know our listeners have responded in droves to the uh, to Tahir's call for someone to say something oh, positive about goats about 15 different pe- 15 different people have the same answer they're delicious. Well, wait, uh, yeah. let, let me get. Can, can I, Richard? Can I guess the answer? Yes. If you're having goat problems, are you having issues with the goats? Bring in the ADF. <laughs> As always, <laughs> bring in the ADF. Uh, Tommy Dean, uh, Chris Ryan, and Tahir are there. Um, they're good to get rid of weeds, says Jim. 
Uh, they're divine animals, but you can only have a nanny as a pet, not a billy. Uh, uh, my sister had two goats named Search and Destroy. <laughs> three Billy. Yeah, she couldn't tell them apart. Three Billy Goat gr- Gruff got rid of the troll. So there you go. There is finally, that's from Jess in Bathurst, finally a use Thank you. of the goat. That's get, a bit trollist, uh, by the way. If you, <laughs> we will def- Now, does anyone want to defend trolls? <laughs> <laughs> hey, does uh, Tommy die or does he live? Probably dead, the way he, the goats are attacking. No, just, just. He lives just on Thank God It's Friday. Thank God It's Friday. We have Chris Ryan, Tommy Dean and Tar uh, here. Now, gyms are closed and uh, in Blacktown, the council momentarily even closed the outdoor exercise equipment. Uh, I know you three are all gym junkies. So how can you turn an yep. ordinary household into a highly challenging gymnasium? Chris Ryan. Oh, dear Lord. I mean, I actually do go to the gymnasium. I'll have you know, Richard. I I am missing the local gym. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, look, if you care to do housework, there's plenty of it available. Um, it will give you an aerobic workout. Plus, if you move furniture and decide to rearrange rooms... You will find yourself doing some heavy lifting. There's I a lot. There's find... a lot of. There's a lot of that going on at the moment due to lockdown. Strangely, there's a flurry of room moving in uh, in in Sydney at the moment. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, you can I mean... hardly you can hardly pass a house where they're not moving the couch from one side of the room to the other. <laughs> well, I, I find the heavy lifting to be all in the brain. Quite honestly, I'm finding. I'm getting quite enough exercise and heavy lifting going on upstairs. Uh, My physical self is is withering at the vine. Mm. But I am walking up the hill a lot, Um, but that's not really muscular. It's more aerobic. Mm. Well, you know, you're locked down. Uh, Tahir, how are you turning your uh, mansion into a a gym suitable for a gym junkie such as yourself? Oh, yes, Richard, thank you for that. Uh, I'd like to suggest some practical ideas that everybody everybody listening can employ at home. Uh, for example, you're in bed, you go to get up, but change your mind every time. <laughs> time to get up? Nope. Go back down. Change your mind every second for a few minutes. You've just started your day with 40 or 50 sit-ups without even knowing it, right? That's, I mean, another idea, <laughs> you approach the fridge for a snack that you clearly do not need. Simply swing the door open and shut 10 times, change arms, repeat for three sets. Now simply open the fridge, make your selection and eat without guilt. <laughs> These are little practical things. Um, I would love to people to connect their TV to a treadmill. The TV only works when powered by the treadmill being used. Of course, I can see um, scenarios of tired parents sitting on the couch and their child on the treadmill sweating away. Come on, Charlie, keep going. I just need to see who gets voted off. Um, of course, <laughs> if you really want the gym atmosphere, if you really want like this for you, Chris, as well, or, or Tommy or anybody, just provide towels on entry, have really, really loud music, and have a few family members walking around but not doing anything. And when you go to lift, <laughs> like, the wet basket, you know, the, the basket of washing, what you need to do is this. Make loud and unnecessary noises, over-the-top grunting noises, you look around, it's impressive, but nobody's impressed. Um, so, yeah, recreate the gym. Recreate the gym at home quite easy. Quite easy to do. Tommy Dean, do you agree? I agree. Uh, a lot of it's about atmosphere. Like, regardless of uh, whatever home task I choose to involve myself in, I, I like to yell out, can someone spot me? Spot me? I need a spotter. Can someone spot yeah. me with this? Yeah. 
a lot of it's inspiration. Uh, like I wouldn't necessarily move the furniture around, but I've made a deal with my wife where just every couple of days uh, she hides the remote control. <laughs> and then that, you know that's like a part like it's partly it's mental exercise i get to sort of you know challenging treasure hunt but, yeah. uh, it's like know, it's to... virtually orienteering isn't it it really is you know geocaching at a local level uh currently uh, we have some problems uh, only the upstairs toilet works so i find that if i just wait oh. just really wait <laughs> like right until there's just not enough time and then sprint uh, so it's just it's not yeah. only like full aerobic sprints and up the stairs leg day, uh, but it also you know adds that sort of excitement of uh, whether or not you'll make it. Yeah. And if you don't, yeah. uh, there's you know all of the heavy deadlifting I call it of taking the, the clothes down to the washing machine. Well, you're exercising your core, aren't you? At that point, yeah, that's really yeah. what it's about. It's, uh, no, you it's just good. have to divide it up. Who are the winners? Of, who are the winners and losers of this week? Chris Ryan, just quickly. Oh, quickly, dogs. Obviously, dogs that like to walk are winning. Um, the parent who always wanted the family to go for a daily walk together, that parent is winning. And, um, yeah, I think also the makers of bad films because we're all consuming <laughs> whatever films are available in streaming services. We're so desperate we'll watch anything. That's right. Tahir, who are the winners and losers? Uh, loser, I'm getting sick and tired of the, this Western Australia Premier, Mark McGowan. Like, I mean, he... He agreed to opening up the state at eight percent vaccination. Now he's changing his mind, but I, maybe we should just cut him off. I'm not sure, and hmm. let him go with their iron ore riches. Um, <laughs> the winners this week, I noticed Service New South Wales apologising for their delays. And so, come on, people, they're dealing with huge numbers. We're in a crisis. My dealings, personal dealings, have been nothing but brilliant with Service New, New South Wales. So I just want to give him a like, you know, like a little tick. Yeah, and uh, Victor Dominella did a really good job of. Uh, he actually, you know, he apologised for the problems, and it's always great to see a politician actually doing but, that. And for and for his, uh, you know, yeah. and 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 for being so good about that, uh, the people of the state managed to diagnose a small medical problem he's got with his eye. So that was Fantastic. all winners all round. Uh, on thank God it's winners Friday. All round. Winners exactly. All round. Uh, please thank Tommy Dean, Chris Ryan, and Tahir. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, come back for more next week when Gene Kitts and Tommy Dean and James Colley will be here for Thank God It's Friday. We'll have some music from the before times, this time from Marsha Hines. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. Thank God It's Friday. Special hello 